Chapter 11 The Ruined Lands The knight made an inventory of his armor and went through his saddlebags. It's all here, he murmured in wonder. Even an old tattered piece of embroidered cloth that he had carried around with him since the day his grandmother had died, tucked away at the bottom of one of his bags. Nothing's missing. How did he manage that? He looked around at Ana. She had her back turned to him, staring in the direction Aga had disappeared around a corner. What are you thinking, your highness? he asked. She lifted her hands to her face before turning. Her eyes were glistening, and he saw that she had been crying. I asked you for my horse and armor, the knight said softly. I thank you for their return. It was all his magic, she responded. She bit her lip and looked searchingly into his face. Micaiah wondered what she was thinking, but did not ask a second time. We'll need some more magic to keep this safe, he said instead. That won't be quite as hard, Ana said with a smile. I have many servants who are still faithful to me. Among them is a groom. He will keep both horse and armor safe. Even if the guard sees us return with them, once under my protection at the palace, no one will dare touch them. Michael took the reins, and Ana led him quickly away. She bade him wait at a corner, and she left him, to return a few minutes later, leading the donkey that they had left tied at the front of the toy maker's shop. She led them through many turns and windings of the circuitous back streets. She knew them as well as the maze of hallways inside the palace. At one point, Michael stopped her. How close are we to the south gate? he asked. We pass close by, she answered. Take me there, he said. Surely not, she responded. It is out of our way. Surely yes, he said with a smile. I wish to see it. It will endanger our safe return to the palace, she warned. It will endanger us more if I do not go there now. She shrugged her shoulders as if to give up any responsibility for what the outcome of this detour would bring. She turned down the next lane and led them through a series of alleys between the houses, one built shoulder to shoulder with the next. They emerged into an open space with more foot traffic and ahead of them loomed the large towers of the city gates. This was the way down to the river. It was here that Michael had entered Gladdernock as a prisoner. Take the reins until I return, Michael said, handing her the lead lines from his horse. Where are you going? she asked, astonished. Just paying a visit. Wait for me. I'll be right back. The knight strode into the over, into the covered opening to the gate, leaving Ana staring after him with surprise. Out of the shadows, a sentry strode forward to challenge him. Who goes there? he said in a strong voice. Michael stopped to face him. The king's champion, he replied. The king's champion, the sentry said, obviously impressed. Then he composed himself. If king's champion you are, you'll not be passing through this gate. Go back the way you came. 
Michael sized up the sentry. He was an average-sized man with average-sized features. He glanced behind him, peering into the gloom of the keep. He could see the portaculus on the other side and the open fields behind. In the distance, he caught sight of the sun glancing off of the river. Do you challenge all who pass through this gate? he asked. Man, woman, and child, I challenge, coming and going. No one passes through without my leave, and you do not have my leave. Nor am I asking for it, Michael assured him. He wondered if he had come on a fool's mission, but continued in spite of the sinking feeling he had. I go soon to the dragon, he said. So we've heard, the sentry replied. We all wish you good luck. I've got five coppers bet on you myself, he added with a big grin. I've heard you're mighty handy with a sword. I've given you an hour. Michael must have made a sour face. Don't you think I have faith in you? The sentry hastened to add. Rumor is that most champions don't even get their swords drawn before Scorch takes them down. Why, if you go the full hour, you'll win me a month's wages. I'm on your side, you know. I only wish you were, Michael mumbled under his breath. Then he spoke loud enough for the sentry to hear. Look here, I intend to last longer than an hour. I intend to return. From Scorch, now that would be a feat. So put your money down on that, Michael said, and you will be a made man. The sentry laughed at the absurdity of his statement. And when I return, Michael continued, that is when I will be looking to see who is on my side. That's when every man in town, in field, or in forest will count once the dragon has been dealt with. That's when I'll be looking to see who stands by me. Strangely, you talk for a champion, the sentry said, scratching his scraggly beard. In town, in field, and in forest, you say. At that moment, a large man stepped out of the shadows of the keep and came to stand beside the sentry. What's the problem here? he asked. No problem commented the sentry. This here claims to be the king's champion. King's champion, he said, looking Michael up and down, looking Michael up and down. Then he shall find no passage here. Go on your way, king's champion, back to the palace. You've gone astray and your keepers will be looking for you. You will not pass through here. Michael turned and walked away. Over his shoulder, shoulder, he could hear the sentry's excited chatter. Captain, did you hear what he said? He said he's coming back from Scorch. I heard him, sentry, the captain of the postern replied. I heard every word of it. Michael thought to himself, that will have to suffice. He returned to where he left Ana. What was that all about, she asked. Me? Oh, I'm just getting to know your lovely town, he said. The longer I stay here, the more it intrigues me. You are a most uncommon king's champion, she said, peering at him. Of this, I hope you are right, Michael said 
with a laugh. They entered again into the maze of streets and byways. They finally emerged from a narrow alleyway right into the large market plaza before the palace walls. They crossed to the doorway from where Aina had received the donkey that morning. She took the reins for storm. Wait for me here. She entered with both animals and returned quickly. All is well. Your horse is safe, Aina said. She took him by the arm and wanted to lead him into the palace. He held her back. What is it? she asked. Your Highness, can you steal me out of here? She stared hard at him before answering, thinking she had misjudged him. Her manner was suddenly cold. Is that why you went to the gate? Look, I told you, there is no escape. You will not manage a full day before the trackers find you again. I'm not looking to escape, the knight said. He saw the relief in her face. Then he added, I want to go and see the dragon. I want to see Scorch. Aina was shocked. Are you out of your mind? You can't just ride out for a visit, you know. I have to know what I'm up against, he said somberly. Can you take me there and then bring me back again? Aina stood silently considering his request. Twice she started to speak and stopped herself. She was obviously struggling with something. There is a door in the palace wall we could leave by, she finally explained. It opens into a wood bordering the city. If we left before first light, then we would have a chance that no one would try and stop us. The trackers are watching all of the roads that lead away from Gladder, but I'm certain they do not watch the roads that lead to the dragon. No one rides to the dragon on purpose. So you'll take me? It's foolish and foolhardy, she objected. Well, that about sums it up for me, he laughed. The very sort of thing I want to do. Let's get a bite of supper and retire, she said in a low voice. Her face was a mask, showing no expression. I will come and get you an hour before first light. He was curious how he had been able to talk her into it so easily. The silver bells on Storm's reins jangled merrily in the darkness of the pre-dawn day. The air was cool and crisp, although the bright stars overhead promised that the morning would turn warm. Michael was leading Storm as he walked on foot beside Aina, leading her own horse. This is not quite the silent escape I had been thinking of, Aina said in a low voice to him. He chuckled. Well... The groom closing the gate behind us does not make our leaving very secret. He won't tell anyone, she said. In fact, he will watch to open the door again when we return. I suggest we don't come back until after nightfall to reduce the chances of being seen. That suits me. I'm glad to stretch my legs and get out of the town, if even for a day. Don't you think we'll be missed? If we're lucky, no. Even though we're followed wherever we go, they'll think that we rose early and gave them the slip. Most likely, they'll spend the day scouring the town looking for us, and when we show up in the evening, they will just conclude we stayed out of sight. We are going to be back by evening, aren't we? 
you haven't told me yet how much of a look you want to take. Now, it's hard to say. It depends on how hard he is to find. We won't have to worry about that. Once we're there, he'll find us. They had entered the protective cover of some trees, and she said, We can ride from here. You know the way in the dark? Yes, I know the way. Suddenly the knight realized, why? You've done this before, haven't you? This isn't the first time you've snuck away to take a look at the dragon. Aina stopped walking, and Micaiah wished he could see her expression in the dark. I've gone before, she admitted in a low voice. How often, he asked. Her lack of response was already her answer. You go regularly, don't you? I can't keep away, she admitted, sounding defeated. I'm drawn to him. If I don't go, he haunts me in my dreams. I have no peace from that cursed beast. Has he ever seen you? No, yes, I I don't know. Several times I thought he was looking right at me, but I had to assume that he wasn't because I came away alive. If he had seen me, he would have eaten me, don't you think? Dragons have an excellent sense of smell, Michael mused. So this is why you know that the trackers won't see us. Tell me, what goes on inside of you when you see him? Aina did not answer at once, as if struggling with what to say. It's strange that you ask me that. He's terrifying, she finally answered. But he's also thrilling, And there's something majestic and beautiful and noble about him. And when I say that, I feel like I'm betraying my own people because I hate Scorch for what he's done. Every time I go, I'm so confused about my feelings. They're all mixed up. And the worst is that I can't keep away. Michael reached out in the dark and found her hand. Now you know a little bit how I feel and why I have to go and see him. If you know the way, then lead on before the light overtakes us while we are still within sight of the city walls. They mounted and walked their horses until there was enough light to see their way clearly. After that, they rode at a gentle gallop into the morning. They passed through forest, spotted with open meadows and streams running through them. Twice they passed a small herd of deer grazing in the cover of the trees, Micael was thinking, what a peaceful land this was. Then he smelled it and pulled Storm up suddenly. Aina stopped with him. There's been a fire, he said. There's been a dragon, Aina responded sourly. Once we can smell it, we're close to the ruined lands. They rode a little longer among the trees before Aina said, let's dismount and walk our horses from here. It happens rather suddenly. They led their horses by the reins. What do you mean it happens rather suddenly? What happens? Michael asked. Aina had come to a stop and gestured towards a thick wall of foliage before them. There had been no road or trail to follow for some time. They had been finding the best way between bushes and around trees. Look through there. It's rather like a curtain. 
Michael walked up and parted the branches that cut off his view from what lay ahead. He was astonished at the scene before him. The land that had been green and alive with forest and shrub was gone. Nothing but a black wasteland extended as far as the eye could see across a landscape of rolling hills. Didn't you notice that we haven't seen any deer for a while? Aina asked. There are no birds hunting or nesting this close to the destruction. Squirrels and chipmunks are missing. Nothing will live this close to Scorch. Even the insects avoid it. Then Michael realized that what she said was true. He had not seen any animal since he first smelled the burn, nor could he hear a single bird chattering in the branches. It dawned on him how unnaturally quiet it was. The night grimaced as he peered over the blackened and bare land. Nothing stirred. Well, how do we find him? he asked. It's odd, Aina admitted, looking around in all directions. I don't understand it. Every time I've come, no matter where I end up, seeing there's no trail to follow, when I look out, he's always somewhere in sight. This doesn't make sense that we can't see him. Makes sense to me, Michael muttered. I know what I'll have to do. He turned and mounted onto Storm. Hold on, Aina said with big eyes. She grabbed hold of Storm's reins. What are you doing? Where are you going? I'll be back, he said, looking down at her. Wait for me. But no matter what you see or hear, stay here. He did not wait for her reply. As an afterthought, he added, if he eats me, run for your life. He gave Storm a sharp kick, and she sprang through the trees, carrying him into the black, ruined land.